I was remembering this one time with the particular client of mine where she was completely bottled. She was confused because she was talking about how she had a lot of uh, issues with like anxiety and depression, just a lot of mental health stuff that she was moving through. And she interestingly and has said that the first thing that her prior therapist asked was, well, what was your uh, childhood like? You know, what happened to you as a child? And that she interestingly enough said, you know, nothing, nothing really happened to me. You know, I grew up in a, in a middle-class family. My parents loved me. They supported me. And yet here I am feeling completely lost, anxious, and in deep despair and depression. And it's not just that story. There's so many other stories that now people share. I was recently listening to this TED Talk. Uh, The woman was, her name was Leah Warhoshki. And she was uh, talking about how she was a third generation Holocaust survivor. So she uh, basically, her grandmother was uh, the one who survived the Holocaust. And it was a pretty tragic story, not only did she see her own mother, her grandmother saw her own mother, like get sent to the concentration camps and get burned or sent to those areas where they burn them. But she was even shot, her grandmother, and yet she survived the concentration camps, escaped and was able to then marry and have her mom. And then now she's the granddaughter. And she was talking and gave a speech about how all of her life, you know, her parents loved her. They really never talked about the Holocaust. They kind of just never came up maybe it was over protection right to not talk about things that are so tragic um but her parents were loving to her nothing weird or anything like that yet she found herself in complete despair in her 20s in her 20s where she all of a sudden went from feeling like knowing who she was to no confidence and a lot of mental health instabilities and there's so many more stories. I mean, think about the indigenous people, like third generation indigenous people of today. They're not necessarily blatantly like before being colonized in front of our eyes, although they are. But like before, where, you know, indigenous families were torn apart, they were massacred, they were taken to, children were taken to schools where they were not allowed to not only not see their parents, but they were told they couldn't speak their language or pray, practice their spiritual practices. And if they did, there were times where they would get pens and put it through their tongues to prevent them from ever, ever relating back to those uh, roots. And, And why is it that three generations later, we have a community of indigenous people that are suffering from addiction, from mental health instabilities, from so many physical health problems. There's no coincidence that these stories are are real and that they're happening to many people in the world. And so today I wanna talk a little bit about how specifically our ancestors' karma, what that is, intergenerational trauma, how it impacts us, our mental, physical, and spiritual health, even if we ourselves did not go through the trauma itself. So welcome, welcome, ladies, Satnam, Satnam. Such an honor to be here with all of you today. I'm really excited to talk about this today. You know, we've had such, what can I say, dynamic, we'll call it dynamic energy (laughs) with this astrological climate. Like we just went through such a powerful full moon in Aries 
which opened up a lot of wounds because it was actually sitting right across our beautiful friend Chiron, the wounded healer. And, and Chiron doesn't come to punish us, you know, Chiron, the wounded healer, when is around, exposes these things that we, we really need to work through. That's why we're here in this university called life in order for us to like up level, to go to that next existential timeline. Right. And people get really uncomfortable with wounds being exposed. People get really uncomfortable with uh, shadow work, which is what a lot of this has been about. We had the beautiful planet Pluto, the destroyer, go direct from retrograde to direct, which means it went from within to the outer, right on the same time as this as a full moon, which means a lot of illumination, a lot of truths, a lot of awareness about these shadows. And, and shadows are aspects of ourselves that we have not accepted and that we reject and that we deny. And sadly, though, if we do this, what happens is we project them out into the world. <clears throat> we victimize ourselves and we uh, see them in other people, although everything is a beautiful mirror that is being reflected back to us. So these, this weekend especially is, was very intense as it relates to these truths being shown. And think about those that are on the healing journey, which is very, very um, a small amount of people. You would think it'd be more people doing it. And a lot of the time, you know, it has to do with your karmic faith. You know, it takes courage. We get programmed into our victim story. And I'm not saying that no one perhaps hurt you. And that pain is, is an illusion. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that we can apply work, inner work, so that we don't have to suffer. And that's what shadow work is. And shadow work is takes courage because self-awareness takes courage. A lot of people in that program of the victim mentality would rather stay there than to take full responsibility and to say, what can I do to change these patterns or these things that are happening in my life? Because self-awareness is going to be your biggest virtue, ladies. And so that's what the inner work is all about. And so we've been going through this major transformation, and it's not even over yet. We have a really powerful eclipse that's happening next week on the 25th, new moon solar eclipse. So it's actually moving us into eclipse season. And everything in this world is energy, ladies. And when we have full moons or when we have eclipses, eclipses are even more powerful because they bring to the earth and which impacts us, you and I, because you and I are made of mostly water, just the way they impact the waves and the tides of the ocean. The energy is very disruptive and it's very karmic. It is very, can send you on a brand new path on a brand. You didn't, you thought you were going here, but you're going here now. And so this has been a preparation. This has been our own self-initiation as we unload, as we become aware and learn to accept these shadows, because society tells us that these emotions of, you know, jealousy, envy, anger are bad. What's bad is staying in them. What is also bad is not acknowledging them and projecting them out into the world. And that's why this has been intense, because it takes a lot of courage and sovereignty to take responsibility and to fully take accountability to change the only thing you can change which is yourself so lots of compassion for all of you as you're transitioning through this and just know that we have the tools now to truly be able to transcend and to heal unlike what our ancestors couldn't do 
you know, these tragic stories of the Holocaust, of the our indigenous brothers and sisters who suffered, suffered through colonization and massacres. They didn't have the liberty and freedom to be able to practice these practices. In fact, even the practice, the lineage I come from and I teach Kundalini yoga, like you had to be like a king or a queen to practice these meditations, these mantras, or you had to be like a yogi that had studied the study for a long time, or you had to have studied under a yogi for like years in order to even know a sacred sound frequency. And the reason that is, is because <clears throat> beyond healing, which is not our purpose here, our purpose is to be ourselves, right? But beyond healing, what this uh, technology does is that it expands your consciousness because it heals your nervous system and your nervous system is consciousness. So as it heals your nervous system, it expands it, which means you are able to step outside those stories you tell of yourself, especially those identifications we have with our victim or our stories of trauma. And the thing is, is that these stories, if we don't deal with them and if we don't process them, if we don't change that frequency and that energy, they're going to get passed down to your lineage. And this is this is why even if you didn't go through the Holocaust or you didn't go through the massacre of colonization or you didn't go through the abuse that your great grandmother went through of uh, maybe sexual abuse of emotional abuse of toxic relationships of major prosperity prosperity blockages of mental health this is why even three four generations later you're still feeling that impact and now and here's the thing that now we can prove that through science and this really just took a big like leap only like 10 years ago so it's not it's not that it's no i mean epigenetics has been around since like the 70s it's just nobody in mainstream media wants to talk about it because it changes everything, right? For all of our life, we've been told that we're victims to our genes, that cancer is a, a genetic disease that is passed down to you. And that's why you have like all of these women cutting off their breasts because their mothers had cancer. We now know through the science of epigenetics that very few diseases are genetic, less than like three to 2% genetic, meaning there's no gene that's going to make you have that disease that you, whatever your ancestor had disease is created. It starts as an emotion, obviously, but your environment makes an impact on your health, obviously. So like if you live like in a city where there's a lot of like smog and, and, and there's uh, electricity poles everywhere, of course, that's going to have a bigger impact. Right. But at a deeper level, of course, it's, it's this emotions, right? So trauma is created through, through basically a sound. And so the science of epigenetics, what it studies is the expression of genes. See, all of us, we all have genes in our body. So I'm going to give you a very small like science lesson that I promise you, like if you follow me, you're going to visualize it and you're going to see how this works. And it's actually really, really fascinating. Jen says, I finally took some accountability last night. I wanted to post a video with the apology to my eldest daughter. Awesome, Jen. Good job. You see, we have to do that to ourselves. And we have to do it in a very compassionate way. But as we heal our nervous system, we actually, that was, I think that's my biggest flex. My biggest, um, I guess I would say success is that I'm way nicer to myself and way more compassionate to myself. And truly, that is the direct pathway to success in anything in life. The more compassionate you are to you as you're moving through that self-awareness, 
the more compassionate you'll be with others, which will make you really successful in your business and in your personal relationships too. So you're doing an amazing job, sis. Go get them. <laughs> um, so epigenetics. So epigenetics is, is not hard to understand, but 10 years ago, there was this doctor, there was this specific um, scientist. What was his name? I think I have his name, Dr. Rachel Jehuda. She's the director of the Traumatic Stress Studies Division at Icana School of Medicine. Hey, sis, how are you, Sita? It's so good to connect with you here. We're talking about epigenetics and how easy it is to understand how these ancestral traumas, our intergenerational patterns show up in our lives later on, even if we didn't go through like the Holocaust, or even if we didn't go through the massacre of the colonization of indigenous people, or the slavery that our ancestors went through. And there was a study that Dr. Rachel Yaluda did, and she did this from the Icon School of Medicine. This is in New York City, and it was in 2015, so it's not even that long ago. But they basically, um, they gathered 40 children of Holocaust survivors, so 40 of them, right? And she found that they had epigenetic changes to a specific gene linked to their levels of cortisol. So the, the cortisol is a, a stress hormone. If you go to the doctor, ladies, like that's the number one thing they'll tell you, like you have high levels of cortisol because you're not managing your stress, right? And what they found in these children of the Holocaust survivors, right, was that there was an epigenetic change. So epigenetic is the study of gene expression. And all of us, there is a gene for addiction. There's a gene for obesity. There's a gene for everything you can imagine, but not all of it expresses itself. It only expresses, that's what epigenetics is. It's like the, the study of the mechanics that allow these genes to express. So what they found out was Holocaust survivors, for example, their children had this specific gene inside of them that would express itself more through stress which gave them more cortisol, which means that the gene perhaps didn't necessarily mutate, but its ability to be predisposed to the obesity, to the addiction was way higher. And that's what ancestral karma is. So this is also why there's another story that I was listening to this beautiful doctor, Caroline, I forgot her last name, darn it. She's a physician, but she grew up in a very beautiful home her dad and mom were loving to her. Then uh, her brothers, she had brothers and, and sisters. They were all a great community, everything. And then and when she turned 25 and her brother turned 28, he found out or he, the, their father died and he died suddenly. So it was kind of shocking. So the son could not cope with it. And she, he couldn't cope with it to the point where he became addicted. And then he became addicted to heroin, which ended up killing him. And you ask yourself, how does a, a child who went through a good childhood with their parents all of a sudden get so addicted so quickly and goes into these and then to die because of this? And that's what epigenetics proves. Because then she went back and started to research her family. She's African-American, slavery. Her parents protected her a lot. She had to grow up in, in a segregated community where whites were on one side, blacks were on the other 
So there was a lot of trauma. It was just that the parents never talked about it and they protected her and she felt safe in her community, but her genes were predisposed to the addiction because of her, what her ancestors went through. So of course, inevitably everything was fine with this person, but then a very traumatic event happened to her brother, which is her dad dying. And that's why that gene turned on that gene expressed itself because it remembered, this is what we call epigenetic memory. It remembered what the ancestors went through. So it's not, that's why you wonder like, why doesn't everybody get the addiction then? Or why doesn't everybody go through the same thing exactly? The reason is, is because as an adult, you now, how you deal with that stress will determine how your genes will express themselves. So that's why when you have a lot of stress, your genes might express themselves in the obesity gene and you might start eating a lot or you might start drinking, which is what I used to do, right? Or smoking, which, or cannabis, whatever that helps you. Because for me still, cannabis religiously, but it's still, I know that that's, I still go to it to relax me, to put me back in my body. Why? Because there's a gene inside of me, this addictive gene that has been given to me from my ancestors that turns on under stress. So if I don't manage my stress, this gene is going to keep turning on and I'm going to just be my ancestors patterns. Like, am I the only one that gets this? <laughs> it's, so, it's so powerful. So what we have to learn to do is change these patterns and change the expressions of our genes. And that's how we disrupt the ancestral karmic pattern. And so how do we do this, right? So we now know that we basically carry the karma in our genes expression, right? So how do we actually disrupt the pattern? Well, it's not that hard either. You can't do it with the magic pill. There isn't even a, a magic concussional plant medicine that all of a sudden makes them disappear. These are, these are deeply engraved patterns, ladies. It's not just this lifetime, many lifetimes, ancestral stuff. I mean, and this is another thing I want to say. I think people think that they need to know how to connect with their ancestors or they have to remember which ancestors or what trauma, not at all. Like when I started my work, the reason I was so, this is why I became so passionate about it. Because as you can see me explaining it to you, I was like, wow. When I came back from the Amazon jungle, I had an experience with my ancestors from many lifetimes ago where they showed me why I was repeating patterns in this lifetime and literally told me that this is what you're here to do in your lifetime. You're here to help others disrupt ancestral karmic patterns, just the way you are doing and the way you have done. At that point in 2015, when I was told that by the ancestors, I was like, yeah, but I was like, my logical mind was like, how? And that's when Kundalini Yoga came into my life. So everything had been adding up. So I became obsessed like I studied all this stuff about behavioral epigenetics epigenetics ancestral karma what types of ancestors and then more importantly I integrated specific meditations to help me clear the karma so because of that it wasn't that I knew what ancestor needed healing I knew I'm a, a complete replica of my grandmother and there were specific especially as it relates to toxic relationships and uh, self-worth that she carried that I needed to disrupt. But then I also carried stuff from my grandfather, like addiction, especially alcohol, right? So I started to become aware of it when I was doing my work. And then I also 
did connect to ancestors, but it's not like I did it intentionally. Like it just happened and you don't need to know how, or you don't even need to connect with them. And you should be wise about that. If you're doing it, like call upon benevolent ancestors, because there's all kinds of ancestors, right? Or if one's already talking to you, then maybe that's a sign, right? But I've never really like physically seen that. I've only been, it's in my meditation. And, and the last thing is the technology is so advanced that it knows what patterns to disrupt. It, well, basically, you're, it, it goes into the subconscious mind and rewires that so that you're in the pattern of the nod. The nod is the sound of the universe. That's who you are. I know it sounds very like out there, like love and light stuff, new age. But when you were born, you created a beautiful whole sound. And that's, that's who you are. And then you came into this world and they told you you're separate from God. You're a sinner. Here's what's good and bad. And you created these identities that then became your thoughts, feelings, and emotions that then changed your alignment to that frequency of the universe. And so we practice these, these, this, this inner work, which we'll talk a little bit more about right now to align ourselves back to that sound frequency of the universe of our eternal soul and we we have access to these tools to do that now so we don't have an excuse and again i want to remind you karma is unconscious so it's we're not looking to blame you know karma is created unconsciously it's like they're conscious when you're i i don't i still have not met one person and you can tell me that is conscious when they're hurting someone else whatever they do to that person if they're hurting that per another person i there's no way they're conscious. There's no way, no way. They're unconscious because of substances or they're unconscious maybe because of their pain too. But they're not conscious, okay? So like, it's not personal. So we gotta get real clear on that. Sita says, yes. When you're able to get deep down into the subconscious, the great changes are able to be made in your life. Exactly. And that's what makes us fearful because it's uncomfortable we it's like a place we don't really go into yet we're operating under it 95 percent of the day yet we're just not aware so we have these tools like the great masters like buddha and christ to master the mind master the subconscious realm because our our job or what we're here to do as souls is to bring the subconscious to the conscious like we talk about in our community so absolutely see that and, and that's where people are, they're either afraid to do the work, to face themselves. It's not you, you and I know it's not like it's a walk in the park, right? But that's where the community aspect helps tremendously because there's, you see so much potential in, in what others are doing. So how do we actually do this then? Well, Sita really alluded to one big part of this, which is the subconscious mind, right? And what that has to do with them, this is why talk therapy has such low success rates. The reason is, is because we can talk about it until we're blue. But remember, if these ancestral traumatic patterns are in the expression of your genes, they're in your DNA, like, and they were created through sound, you're not going to be able to disrupt that pattern just by talking about it. It's great acknowledgement what you're going through like you need to feel the anger you need to you need to feel what you're you process it and and you you can't deny it if you put it under the rug and just pretend it's not there that's not part of the healing journey you absolutely have to do that however 
you then have to replace that frequency with a new frequency. And you all know, we talk about this all the time, right? Like how do we change the frequency? Well, the mantra, the chanting, and it's not just any mantra, specific mantras, right? Our breathing techniques, not just any breathing, what specific breathing techniques goes into what Sita was talking about, which is the subconscious mind, the, the not that area where you haven't gone into. It's a, and, and it's not the only way to do it. I mean, meditation, subconscious mind, I did that when I went to Peru and worked with plant medicines. It happens there too. But again, you have to learn to integrate because if we don't integrate, then it's like reading a book and just like, oh, next, next, right? So we got to introduce a new sound, breathing, sound frequency, right? Um, vocal toning, which is chanting mantra, breath, specific breath, because ultimately what we're doing is we're changing and alchemizing our emotions and the language of our ancestors are is of emotions so like you wonder how do i talk to my ancestors whether you you are talking to them it's your emotions that's how they speak to us and so if you change and alchemize transform your emotions if you use your anger for creative nature instead of destruction that makes you a sovereign woman that makes you an alchemist that makes you a sorcerer so we have to introduce a new sound frequency. And this is why it has to be beyond. And we also now know like meditation and yoga, there's a lot of research being done right now. It's also new, but it can actually reverse like DNA reactions. It can change the gene expressions, which this is, how does it do that? Because it helps you manage stress, right? And so through that, then you're changing the lineage. This is why the healing work you do heals you seven generations before and seven generations afterwards so it's pretty powerful the other aspect of this is you do have to do the psychotherapy work you know that, that i've been studying specific psychotherapy work of course in miracles since 2008 and it is a big part of my program and my academy with um and the sovereign woman academy and the reason that is is because you do have to do the forgiveness work you have to do the forgiveness work to get to the point where you realize that there's actually nothing to forgive and I know that sounds like denial, but truly a miracle is a shift in perception. And if we can shift your perceptions, which means stabilize your nervous system, heal your brain, introduce a new sound, then you'll be able to truly see your past with wisdom instead of reject it. And remember, the biggest stress that we have as human beings is that we're not being ourselves. And why are we not being ourselves? Ultimately, you think you have to forgive someone else. Ultimately, the deep work starts when you realize you have to forgive yourself. And like I said, like my biggest flex now is how compassionate I am with myself, how, how much kinder I am, because then I can truly do that with others in business and in my personal relationships. So you do have to do this psychotherapy work of rewiring and remembering. You're not learning anything new. It's remembering. And there's specific techniques and exercises that I use and that I share, but there's other ways you can get spiritual psychotherapy too. I mean, all the spiritual traditions say the same thing ultimately, but choosing your, your tool, there's so many aspects of how we can connect to beyond thinking we're just this body and, and doing the work of forgiveness. So that's a big part too. And then the third part is the community part. And that's why I was saying with, with Sita, you know, and the thing about the community is like people like, oh, community, community science has said like, 
it's as important as food and water. So that's one thing. But like, if you could only understand the power of community on the brain, like I, I get lit up just thinking about it because we're a society that is deeply deprived of serotonin and dopamine, right? These two beautiful chemicals that both are very important. You know, serotonin stabilizes our mood. It, it, it basically affects it, it depression, things of that nature, sleep, right? Where dopamine, you mainly get it from your, uh, it stabilizes mood, targets in common depression treatments, helps regulate sleep and wakefulness. And for serotonin itself, the biggest way to actually get it is through sleep and food is what they say, right? So, but how are you going to make good decisions about sleep and food if your emotions are a disaster? right? So if your nervous system is not healed, it makes sense that your serotonin levels are going to be really low or that your dopamine is going to be completely off. It makes complete sense. So what people don't realize is that being part of a community, it has been proven, a conscious community, that there's an area of your brain, the frontal cortex that actually starts to light up. When you got the frontal cortex lighting up, you have better chemicals being secreted into the body. You don't have cortisol being secreted into the body, the stress hormone. Instead, you have healing chemicals and that's what being part of a community does for us and the reason there is that does is for many reasons but one main one is compassion like having compassion for another human being is healing there's a science behind compassion buddhism teaches a lot about this but in in, and overall you are also one of the biggest i think depression symptoms or what people really complain about is how lonely they feel and how lonely they feel because they're not managing their stress, which is then putting them deeper, deeper into what we call these dark nights of the soul. I mean, when people get ill and they get sick, like they run away, right? And that's only going to make them even more sick. So being part of a community is important because our ancestors were always part of a community. And in our indigenous communities right now, our ancestors are a living part of their every day and every moment. They're not like somewhere somewhere far away they're they're part of that and that's going to start to change with all of us too as we come back into community community is very important right now masterminding sharing of energy frequencies you know like nervous system the nervous system aligns with other nervous systems so do you want to be part of a community that's conscious or one that's talking about gossip especially for women so community is a very big part of disrupting these patterns because it impacts the brain it impacts the nervous system, which impacts your emotions, which impacts your serotonin levels, your dopamine levels, which helps you deal with the stress, which then you're not in the program of the story and identification of all these ancestral patterns. Instead, you're seeing potential, you're seeing possibility, you're seeing what could be, right? Especially those days where you don't want to do the inner work or, you're, or something does happen to shock your nervous system. There's always there's someone there to help you with that, right? So never, ever underestimate the power of community. And if you're not part of a community yet, that's something that you should make as a big, big goal, which is why I love one-on-one coaching. I think there's incredible power and impact because I can focus on that per individual and really assess what's going on with them. But at the same time, I see the power of group coaching. And even with my one-on-one clients, what I end up doing is once they're done with me one-on-one, eight weeks, then they come and they're part of a, my community as well, my virtual community. And they always tell me, thank God you have this, or thank God this community exists. After doing the one-on-one with you, it was powerful. But now being around these other women, 
wow, that, that's completely different. So these are the things you need to do, ladies. We have to introduce new sounds with these new um, practices, which are meditation, mantra, um, breathing techniques. We have to do the psychotherapy work to forgive and everything is healable and everything is forgivable. I promise you, I wouldn't be saying this if I myself hadn't had to come out of those trenches of, of taking the venom of lack of forgiveness. And the third part is you just have to be vulnerable enough to be authentically you and it gets easier and better. And it's not like that you even have to talk, but you have to commit to being part of something bigger than you, being part of a community where other women's goals and intentions are also to grow and to heal and to disrupt these ancestral common patterns. There's a lot of badasses in our community. So let me tell you, they're out there. You just got to learn to find your tribe, right? <laughs> Let me see. Uh, Beyond says, yes, I feel that as well. Community is the way. Absolutely. And that's becoming even more apparent now with all of the mental health issues we're having, especially for children, ladies. It takes time too. And there's no magic pill. Absolutely. You just have to do it. Then the ancestors will come to you. I agree. And it's not like we even started on the journey saying, oh, I want the ancestors to help us or, or I was chosen. We talk a lot about this, Sita you you were not we our ancestors don't choose us we have to choose ourselves our ancestors want all of us to do this work <laughs> you know so everyone's chosen but like are you gonna say yes right are you gonna are you gonna actually integrate it and yeah and the reason it's time it's i mean ultimately you don't even see it as time because you're like every day this is my practice your lifestyle changes your your people you hang out with how you speak what you and consume even right so like it just becomes as part of your your evolution right like your consciousness expansion so yeah I don't feel like I'm even at a point now where like I could say I'm healing I, I feel like I'm expanding my consciousness every day and yes every day I do commit to a practice of forgiveness because every day I have to forgive myself or I think I have to forgive someone else but I'm very, very humble about it now, which is another thing that has changed a lot with this work. It's like the humility, right? Humility, compassion, two biggest assets in the age of Aquarius. You will see. <laughs> so totally agree, Sita. Totally agree. Knowing we are the answer to their prayers. We really are. That is such a beautiful thing to remember. We are, the, we are who they prayed for. And they are so happy. They are so proud of us. So, so proud of us. Well, thank you ladies so much for joining us today. Um, oh, I wanted to say for those of you that have inquired I, with this three-day immersion happening this weekend, before I forget, I did put it out in my email newsletter, which by the way, sign up to my email newsletter. I send it out every Monday. It went out on Tuesday this week because I have been everywhere. I mean, I have this three-day immersion happening this weekend. This past weekend, I had like day clients, plus then I had like family quinceañeras. And supposedly I'm supposed to be planning my uh, 25th wedding vows renewal, <laughs> like the last things that had happened in December in Mexico. So, I mean, I am everywhere right now, but I did want to tell you all that it is sold out. There are no more spots left for this upcoming weekend. I did send out an email, but if I didn't personally email you, if you inquired, I just want to make sure that you do realize that. But I do promise you that there will be more immersions. These are three-day retreats. And they will be throughout the U.S. I have specific energy points that I, I'm being guided to take women to. This was one of them. We are sold out for this three-day immersion coming up. But I promise you that if you are on my newsletter, you're going to be the first one to know 
the dates for the next ones. And they're going to be different locations because the, the luxury of them and what you get with them will change. There'll be different pricing with them. So just stay up to date on my email newsletter. And also right there, I share with you all so much more in my weekly intuitive guidance from the ancestors. You get weekly Kundalini yoga meditations and mantras, as well as psychotherapy work that you can integrate to help you on your path. So go to veronicabarraganim.com forward slash disruptor that will sign you up to my free newsletter. All right. I think that's all I have. Thank you so, so much, ladies, for being so amazing and for being awesome and for your beautiful energy that you shared here today. I will be back next week and I will start uh, to my new schedule as well. So Mondays, I'll be going live now. Mondays. Okay. Mondays, mark your calendars, 11 a.m. at Mountain Standard Time. And then I will actually be launching a brand new YouTube channel, which will be launching as well next week. And on that channel, you're actually going to get actual meditations that you can practice to disrupt these ancestral karmic cycles. So that's going to be Wednesdays at 11 a.m. So brand new life schedule. Look out for that email. There's so much happening. I'm telling you, I'm just trying to catch up. But like Jogi Bhajan says, keep up and you will be kept up. (laughs) Thank you, ladies, so much. Be blessed. I will see you all again next week. Bye.